Sometimes God uses the circumstance from which we came in order that we can minister to those that we know in those areas, our old friends and such, to bring them also to Christ. You're looking too far for that need you have inside. You're on a big merry-go-round and it's taking you for a ride. You've got to let go and let go. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast, and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. All right. Today we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 7. We are looking at verses 17 through 40. As it is our custom here at Calvary Chapel of Lake Villa, we like to go through the Bible, book by book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. It brings us to a section in Scripture. Who would think it? The title of the message, The Time is Short. In fact, Paul refers to the present distress. He uses those words for the day and age that they lived in, Seems like we also find ourselves in a present distress, reminding us that the world is short and that the form of this world is passing away. These three phrases, I think, fit perfectly in the present distress that we find in this pandemic. You know, pandemic simply means something that has gone, a virus that has gone worldwide. It doesn't mean it's necessarily more deadly than any other sicknesses or viruses that go out throughout the world, but the pandemic, that it has a world reach, but it has this COVID-19. We have seen some unprecedented decisions that have resulted from this virus that has hit our world. We've seen uh, this week dramatic drops in financial markets, some equaling to, I mean, this is going to go on the top 10 list of drops. And going all the way back to the Great Depression in 29 and 1932, we are right. uh, Actually, we went into what some have deemed the Great Recession because of a financial market that dropped strongly in 2008. And we actually exceeded that a little this week. And it bounced back toward the end of the week. But we've seen the clearing of shelves in many of our uh, stores and the suspension of all athletic competitions, whether college, high school, pros, everybody's kind of on hold. It's crippling the travel industry, schools, colleges, universities closing. Uh, In the state of Illinois, that is been by the governor itself, that it's not an option, it's not a choice now, that they are closed for the time being. 
and gatherings of more than 250 are discouraged, more than 1,000. They're saying, no way, don't meet. And for the first time that I can remember in our, probably in our nation's history, not that I can remember the whole history of our nation, but churches have closed their doors on a Sunday morning for services. And some have said for the next two weeks, we're shutting down our campus. Now, these are larger churches, of course, but it's interesting because historically, in times of struggle and trial, people would come to the church. It was a place of refuge, a place of prayer, a place of seeking God. And now uh, you can just stay at home and watch online. Uh, We have different methods, but still, it's all the result of this unseen virus that is spread across our globe. Now, Paul referred to a present distress. It was a different distress in his day, although we have a current distress in our day that we're facing. But I believe the words that he taught to us here in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 still teach us how we might conduct ourselves in the present distress that we find ourselves in. So it was for Paul's desire that all believers would walk in a manner that was pleasing to God in order that their lives would be a testimony to others. And that's what we want to look at today here in 1 Corinthians 7, verses 17 through 40. I titled this message, The Time is Short, and our four points, Walk as You Are Called, verses 17 through 24, The Present Distress, verses 25 through 31, cares and distractions, verses 32 through 35, and virgins and widows, verses 36 through 40. I'll go ahead and read our first point. Walk as you are called, 17 through 24, and I'll open us up in prayer. But as God has distributed to each one, as the Lord has called each one, so let him walk. And so I ordain in all the churches. Was anyone called while circumcised? Let him not become uncircumcised. Was anyone called while uncircumcised? Let him not be circumcised. Circumcision is nothing and uncircumcision is nothing, but keeping the commandments of God is what matters. Let each one remain in the same calling in which he was called. Were you called while a slave? Do not be concerned about it, but if you can be made free, rather use it. For he who is called in the Lord while a slave is the Lord's freeman. Likewise, he who is called while free is Christ's slave. You were bought at a price. Do not become slaves of men. Brethren, let each one remain with God in that calling in which he was called. Pray, Father, that you would be with us as we look into your word this morning. And I pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit would teach us through the word that Paul gave to the Corinthians. Lord, I pray that the same Holy Spirit would use these words to teach us here in the 21st century. Your church, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. So we're to walk as You are called, he says in verses 17 through 24, and he gives some examples as he goes into that. But he begins by saying in verse 17 that God has distributed. It's a Greek word that speaks about, it emphasizes actually the conduct to what the Lord has 
a portion to each of us, that the Lord has given each of us gifts and talents, abilities. God has distributed to each one as the Lord has called each one. In 1 Corinthians 7, verse 7, last week we looked at, but each one has his own gift from God, one in this manner and another in that. So God has distributed. He has given us each one our own gifts that we can be used for the glory of God. We have also been called. Kaleo is the Greek word used here, and it simply means to call or to invite. And we find in the gospel of Jesus Christ that everyone has been called. The Bible tells us three times in Joel 2.32, Acts 2.21, Romans 10.13, that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The sad thing is, in Matthew 20, verse 16, Jesus explains that for many are called, but few are chosen. Not everyone who receives the call from the Lord to come to faith in Jesus Christ, for whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, but not everyone comes to the saving faith in Jesus Christ. But for those of us who have been gifted by God uniquely, gifted to serve him, called by God to that service. We are to walk. It simply means to tread all around. That's the simplest um, definition of this Greek word. I don't know if you're into picking out mistakes in movies, and they're good about making not as many mistakes as they used to in the old days, but often when it's a car chase scene, and they're doing some kind of cool stunt. I'm looking to see if the asphalt already has skid marks previously made in a failed stunt that they're doing it again. Or if it's a Western and they're off in the desert and you see that they've trampled all around already. Someone had been there when they're not supposed to be there yet to tread all around. It speaks about how we conduct ourselves in this life. We are to walk as in the day or bringing our lives into the light of day. We're to walk as if we're in the day. In the light of day, it means that we are to conduct ourselves as followers of Jesus Christ, whether people are watching or not. It's how we conduct ourselves when seen and unseen, because we realize that Christ sees all. Colossians 2.6 says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him. We are to walk as believers in Jesus Christ. And although Paul wrote this to the church in Corinth in the first century, he taught these same truths to all the churches where he ministered. He said, I've taught these things everywhere I preach. This is what I tell them. Walk as you have called. You have been uh, gifted by God. Now use that and so walk in that. Peter also taught these same truths in 1 Peter Chapter 4, verses 10 and 11, Peter writes, As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability that God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. 
Whatever gift that we have that God has given us, we are to use those gifts to serve others. And he said, Peter specifically said, if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him minister as such. And I believe that God gives us ability, but he also allows us to grow in that ability. The more we use a gift that the Lord gives us, the better we can become in the use of that gift, in ministering that gift to others, having the knowledge to know how to use it, when to use it, the proper place to use it. And it all begins by just beginning. Beginning. For me, it was beginning to teach a a youth Sunday school class when I was 18 years old. I was a youth, but I was teaching the youth. And at some point in my dad's church, when probably at 19 years old or so, there were more young adults in the youth Sunday school class than there were youth. We decided to split the class, and suddenly I was a pretty young man teaching young married couples older than Lily and I at that time. But it was a blessed time. It was the beginning of the use of gifts, and I had a long way. I still do. I'm still practicing. Like doctors, they practice on you every time you go visit them, right? They have their practices. Every Sunday, I'm practicing on you as well, using those gifts that the Lord has given, but that can be used for the glory of God. In chapter 7, Paul is largely talking about singleness, marriage, divorce. We looked at this a bit last week, yet he shows that these spiritual principles can be applied to other areas of our lives. As we look in verses 18 and 19, he speaks about being circumcised or uncircumcised. He begins to those who were called while circumcised. He basically said, if you were called while circumcised, it could be that somewhere the Gentiles were being pressured by a group, a sect called the Judaizers. They were preaching that true salvation could not come unless the guys got circumcised. And Paul is saying, no, if God has called you while uncircumcised, then remain as you were called. And it could be that if there was a Jewish man, let's just simply say for an example, a Jewish man who came to faith in Jesus Christ and the rest of the church were Gentiles, He's the only circumcised man. I don't know how you would investigate all this, but they did. (laughs) But anyways, his status within the church, he might have felt kind of out of place and desired to be uncircumcised. But Paul said, no, if God has called you while circumcised, then remain as you were called. He would basically say, don't worry about it. Stay as Christ has called you. I was thinking about that this morning because I played in a Christian band for 10 years from the age of 17 to 27 years old. And the person who became our drummer was pretty messed up before the Lord called him to faith. And when Rick came to faith in Jesus Christ, he felt that his past life had to go. And so he laid down his sticks for a season. But he also discovered that he could use the same sticks that he used when drumming for secular bands in local bars. He used those same sticks to give glory to God. 
And in fact, he not only used them to bring glory to God, Rick is a pastor today, God took him away from the drums and to bring him into a ministry as well. Sometimes God uses the circumstance from which we came in order that we can minister to those that we know in those areas, our old friends and such, to bring them also to Christ. You know, here in the United States, circumcision is not a requirement of the church. Paul is simply saying to the circumcised, the uncircumcised, just stay as your call. Don't worry about it. But I believe personally a couple of reasons here in the United States that circumcision is popular with parents and their male children. It's because of our Judeo-Christian founding, but also the desire to be like Jesus. But we find in Scripture that Paul had Timothy circumcised, and I believe the reason that he did this because Timothy had a Jewish mother but a Greek father. And according to the Jews, the Jewish line is carried through the mother, not the father. I've never understood that, but that's how the Jewish tradition works. And so because he knew that they would be ministering in areas where there were Jews, that they'd want to go into the synagogues, Timothy, being uncircumcised, would not be useful to him and would actually become a hindrance to him knowing the Jews finding out that Timothy had a Jewish mother, it would be a hindrance. And so in Acts 16, 13, it tells us that Paul, wanting to have Timothy go with them, he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews that were in that region. On the other hand, Titus was a Greek man that traveled with Paul. Titus wouldn't go into the synagogues because that wouldn't be allowed. But Paul never required Titus to be circumcised. Galatians 2, 3, yet not even Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. And whether a man was circumcised or uncircumcised, it depended on their circumstance. The important thing that Paul is trying to teach, that we are to remain in the same calling in which we were called. And then he goes on to talk about slaves and freemen in verses 21 through 23. He says, if you were called while a slave... Do not be concerned about it, but if you can be made free, rather use it. He's not saying that, you know, all slaves should be free. He wasn't preaching that. It wasn't his message, even though he may have believed that. That wasn't the message that he was trying to preach here. He's simply saying, where the Lord has called you, remain, if all possible, that you can be used in that call. We think about slavery at that time, in that day and age. At the time of Christ, Rome was the most celebrated city in the world. It was enriched and adorned with the spoils of the world. It contained a population of 1,200,000 people, half of which were slaves. Now that's the city of Rome proper. You have 1.2 million people and 600,000 of those were slaves. Now, if the city of Corinth was anything like Rome, there were numerous slaves who roamed their city. There were even Christian masters who had Christian slaves. And yet Paul is not fighting against or for emancipation. He's pointing out that we are to remain in the state in which the Lord has called us. He did say, though, to those who were in slavery, if they had an opportunity to get out, use it. 
Did you notice how he worded that? Rather use it. What do you think he means by that word? Use it. Use it for the glory of God. Paul used his Roman citizenship for the glory of God. He was a Roman citizen and often he would use it. That would benefit uh, the situation that he might find himself in. Sometimes he chose not to use it, but he had that option. He reminded them, though, that they were the Lord's freed men. It is a word that speaks about a slave that has been freed. And it's only found here in 1 Corinthians 7.22. It indicates that the slavery, which may be part of a person's life, whether they're a slave or not, he said that you are the Lord's freed man. You are free in Christ Jesus. And John 8.36, a beloved verse, therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Now, we don't have slavery, uh, at least not legally. We find in our world and even into the United States that this is uh, beginning to pick up again. People perhaps trying to get to the United States, being put into bondage, into service. As they come, this was something a few years ago where my son lives in Kauai, on the island of Kauai, there in Hawaii, that they found several uh, people that have been brought over and they've been used to work the fields. And uh, it is happening still. So in our nation, slavery is, is not legal, of course. There may be some who are forced into this, but we can all be slaves to something. Slave to whatever we serve. We're either going to be the Lord's freed men and freed women, or we're going to be slave to those things that we serve. Often we think that a change of circumstance is an answer to our problem, but usually the problem lies with us, not around us. And the problem often is in our hearts. The important thing for Paul here in this first section, remain the same calling, in the same calling, in which they were called. And to remain as we recall speaks about the godly impact that we can have upon those who are in the sphere of our influence. So when Paul mentions, and I repeat here, to remain as you recalled, obviously there are certain things that you'd have to get out of as a believer in Jesus Christ. Say that he's in the city of Corinth, remember? The city of Corinth at that time was celebrated for having a thousand temple prostitutes. Now, if a temple prostitute comes to the Lord, Paul is not going to say, remain as you're called. She may be forced into it. We don't know the circumstance that she's in, but he would never say remain in that situation. But he would say, certainly free yourself if you are able. But there are certain things we have to lay down. Uh, our drummer in my band, and I go back to that story, he laid down the drumsticks. He also laid down uh, the LSD and the other drugs that he was taking that were destroying his life. It was one of the reasons he came to faith. So, of course, there are certain things that we have to let go, that God frees us from, and over time will free us from. But we are too. When it speaks about remaining as we are called, it speaks about the godly impact that we can now have upon those who are in the sphere of our influence. 
in this present distress, verses 25 through 31, whether married or unmarried, whether weeping or rejoicing, buying or producing, we are to keep the soon return of Christ at the forefront of our minds. Regarding cares and distractions in verses 32 through 35, may it be that we could find freedom from life's cares and distractions through faith in Jesus Christ, and that we don't live a carefree life, but that we know where we can cast our cares, we can cast our anxieties, and find the peace of God that surpasses understanding, that guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Father, thank you so much for your word that you have given us today. Lord, in this present distress, Paul wrote about some distress that they were in, and I can't think of a more distressing time that our nation has found our world currently finding itself in. Lord, it's not a world war, but it's a pandemic that has went across the world. So, Father, help us to learn how we should conduct ourselves in these present distresses, realizing, Lord, that our time is short. And, Father, that the things we do for you matter throughout all eternity. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today. And may the Lord richly bless you as you worship him today.